Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Sleaze, do we have an episode for the people today? Oh, boy. <laughs> Buckle up, <laughs> folks. This is one we've been waiting on getting a commie in here, Mike Commodore. And uh, this is a certified banger, I would say. We've had some great shows out throughout the year, some unbelievable interviews. This one, in terms of like funny level, this is different different level. I don't think I've ever laughed harder during an episode. We love all of our guests. They're all very entertaining. But this one just brought it to a whole other level. There were parts where I was just looking at you and you were giggling and I was giggling. I was like, we don't have to, say, we're not even saying anything. We just give another question. And he'll tell another story. I mean, the, the man knows how to go. I legit had tears coming yeah. out of my eyes. I was laughing so hard. This is, we're, I don't think we're overselling it. This one is funny. Nope. But we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But first, we got to touch on the PNC championship. Justin Thomas, our guy, and his dad, Mike Thomas, win the tournament. But let me tell you, Charlie Woods stole the show. Not Tiger Woods. Charlie Woods stole the show. Yeah, you would know that they won it. There was like one tweet, congratulations to yeah. our champ. And then 79 tweets about Tiger and Charlie playing this week. Um, Dude, I, we talked a lot about it on radio. I'd, have, I'd never seen Charlie swing it really other than little clips. Not that he's only really, really good as an 11-year-old, but do, being really good in front of cameras on national television for the first time is a, is a totally different dude, thing. Yeah, and they had like 200, 250 people out there, and they were all following Tiger and Charlie. I mean, Charlie, 11 years old, the youngest player to ever play in the PNC, and he held his own. He played awesome. I, I loved it. He was teeing off, obviously, from the Charlie tees. He was up there quite a ways, but he would go up there and hit first on a lot of holes, and if he hit a good one, he would just give Tiger the thumbs up, and Tiger wouldn't even hit. Yeah, I was watching like late the first day, 18th hole. He, Charlie was playing a par five from 430. Tiger was back there, I think, at 560, so it was a 130-yard yeah. advantage. Charlie got up there and just ripped one. They ended up only having like 205 or 203, so he hits it about you know, 230, 225, yeah. that's, that's moving it. And they had a little flip in there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got about, I one. cannot give Charlie Woods 120 yards. Off You're going to need to play with Charlie in the next nine months or it's yeah. going to be a problem. But man, what, a, what good action he has. It was really cool to cool to see. He handled himself beautifully and uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in this tournament. Oh, as that kid starts growing up and hitting, getting longer and longer. The the one thing like we're talking, like we're sitting here talking about Charlie Woods on our podcast here. This, I don't want to call it scary, but the crazy thing is like, he's 11 years old. All the media attention, all the social media attention. I mean, everything this kid does from now till college, pro, wherever, is going to be under a bigger microscope than, I mean, it's going to be, that's tough sledding for it's a like young kid. Everything he kid. does will be yeah. will be analyzed and overanalyzed and over-scrutinized yeah, I mean, across the board. Being the son of Tiger Woods is obviously very hard. I mean, if you even look at, like, Gary Nicholas when he was trying to play professional golf, you know, under the microscope of Jack Nicholas, like, it was all scrutinized. Why are you not as good as your dad? Why it's all tough. this? It's uh, it's hard to be. That's like Wayne Gretzky's kids. None of them ended up really playing hockey. Yeah, uh, it's hard to it's hard to live. Jordan's under the kids, great same one. way. Kind yeah. of played a little bit, but then yeah. dipped out because it's just that, that bar is so high, best of all time. And now you're carrying that same name. He's got. It's going to be. Hopefully, like he can just stay as far removed from that as possible because he's an incredible player already. But that's a lot of attention coming his way in the next handful of years. Yeah, it was it was really fun to watch and can't wait to see what happens. But Slees. Let's get to the man of the hour. An hour plus some, I believe. One I think this is our longest interview. I would have I kept it going. I would have gone Joe Rogan on this one. Just three hours. Just, all right, keep going. Tell another one. But what Mike, else happened? Yeah, Mike Commodore, for those of you who don't know, former hockey player, um, you know, made a splash in the league in Carolina, won the Stanley Cup in 2006, was known for his big red afro, big red beard, um, and his robe pregame. Pre-game robe, which we'll get into, the huge red afro. It was a fan favorite pretty much everywhere he went, very outspoken, just a big personality, a big character. One of those guys, if he comes to your team, I think he immediately becomes like, that's my guy. Yeah, he, know, That's my favorite player. He controls the locker room. He sure. gets everybody going. 
Um, gets everybody in a good mood before the game. And I mean, he's just, I've known him for a long time. He's a blast to play golf with and he's a hockey player. They're just, they're fun to be around. Oh dude, his, his golf game's nice. He's just one of those guys. Like if he asks you to play, you go play. Cause it's going to, whether you shoot a hundred or you shoot 60, you're going to have a good time with Kami. No doubt. But before we get to Mike Commodore, a word from our official sponsor, Atlas hair product. Sleaze, I don't know a lot about hair cause I don't really have much, but, <laughs> but my good buddy, Chris Worm, Chris Wormy, otherwise known as the worm. Started this product, Atlas Air Product. He used to caddy out at Whisperock. Had this brilliant idea to come up with it. Obviously, like I said, I don't know much about it. But one day he calls me. He's like, Cole. He goes, I'm starting this hair product. We're trying to figure out which fragrance we want to use. So I got this idea. We got a bunch of samples. We're going to go out to the bar, go up to a bunch of different girls, figure out which one is the most popular, which one they want their guy to smell like. I'm like, okay, you had me at bar, but whatever. So stroll into Bevy. Got all these samples. Tell all these girls, you know what? Smell this, smell this fragrance. Smell this fragrance. You take your time to do this, we're going to buy you a mimosa. Well, next thing you know, Hello. the line's out the door. I'm like, this is genius. we got to do this every single week. Okay? Narrowed it down to a couple, which now is Alice Hair Product, and the company is absolutely killing it. Everyone's hair looks incredible, including yours. Uh, I'm wearing it right now, Colt. What, how do I look? Incredible. Be honest. As always. Yeah, I feel like I look incredible. This stuff's the best. I've been using this for a number of years now. Like you said, our boy used to caddy at The Rock, Chris Wormy. He's out there now. Support small businesses right now more than ever. But this stuff... Colt, if you'd had it 15 years ago, mm. you might be flowing like Fabio because there's actually uh, hair prevention. Uh, it helps you keep your hair and it helps thicken it as it goes. So you can stay thick with it if you got hair that you want to hang on to. Mm. It Thanks, can get Worm. thicker. So yeah, you're about 10, I don't know, 10, 15 years late. You could have been looking like an absolute Greek god out there. But it, like you said, if you had hair, it wouldn't be fair. There you go. All right, go to atlashair.com slash subpar. And you can get 10% off your, your purchase. Go get it. The stuff's awesome. And Slays, here he is, Mike Commodore. But we do have to warn you out there, there is a little bit of vulgar language, which he is a hockey player, so it's yeah, more than acceptable. Locker room talk with a hockey player. That's what you're going to get. So if you're not into that, maybe, you know, just keep your ears peeled. But uh, we'll do our best to take care of it. But this is this is real live interview with a hockey legend. Yep. No matter what, listen to it anyway, because you're going to love it. You'll thank us later. Here he is, Mike Commodore on Golf Subpar. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a bona fide champion with us here today. NCAA champion, IIHF world champion, Stanley Cup champion, and just a straight-up champion of life, I would say. NHL vet Mike Commodore is in the building. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me, Drew. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Uh, first off, our guy Ray Whitney, he calls you champ champ. Is that correct? Yeah, he goes champ champ. We go true champ. We go back and forth a little bit. But, I mean, you have more than two, yeah, so why yeah. are you not champ champ champ? Triple champ. I should be triple champ. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Ray, Ray would be, Ray would be champ champ with a Memorial Cup and a Stanley Cup, but Ray never got that. I got on Team Canada to play in the world. I mean, I had no business really being there to be honest. <laughs> Thank God the tournament was in Russia. There's none of the good players wanted to go, and I was actually playing okay at the time. But Ray actually hooked me up with that. He called me, and Steve Eiserman was the general manager, and, and he and so Ray calls me. He's like, "Hey, Steve wants to know if would you go to Russia and play for Team Canada?" I'm like, "Ray, I don't give a shit where the tournament is." <laughs> I'm like, "I've never played for Team Canada. I mean, I was maybe my invitations got lost in the mail or something, but never even an invite." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit where the tournament is." So Ray's like, "Okay, I'm going to tell him." So Ray got me on that team, kind of in a kind of sideways kind of way. And, uh, yeah, that team got ripped on. Like, who are these guys? You got Mike Commodore on defense? Are you kidding me? We didn't have any, like, big, big-name stars. And, and the guys we did were kind of young. And so we were just getting torched in Canada. And, and I know in the United States, nobody really gives a shit about it. But in, in Canada, it's, it's a mm -hmm. kind of a big deal. 
And we went nine and zero. Oh, and I, was gonna say, I mean, just, the rest is I don't even know why we showed up. They should have just mailed us a gold triple medal. Champ, yeah. Yep, triple well, let's, champ. Let's go over something you're probably not nine and zero in, and that's okay. golf. Oh, you know, fuck. we know you're a big golfer, but you yeah. do have a nice game. I was looking up earlier. Oh, that's nice of you to you're, say. You're currently carrying a four point four handicap. Yeah, okay? you were as low as a point eight though. I've seen Which you is, at your high. I've seen you at your lows. You have. You. I actually thought about that on the way over. You, you saw me shoot a sixty eight. Yep. At Gaza Ranch. With a double bogey on 18. Dude, first off, we were tied with two holes to play. Oh, oh boy, that's when you'd have a hard time living that one down. He shot you 60. straight up. Dude, we were six, both six under with two to play. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm about to get beat by Mike Commodore. This is a problem. <laughs> Twitter's going to be going nuts. Oh my God. The world will know. I didn't know we were tied. I knew <laughs> I was playing well. I didn't even look at the scorecard. I'm like, man, I've made a lot of birdies here and not that many bogeys. And even the shots that I didn't hit great, I'm like, oh, they're in play. I'm in the mix. And then I'd... I think it was 17. I like stuffed one to two feet yeah. on the par three. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, nice draw in there. Usually I like cut it around and I'm like, oh my God. And then, yeah, then 18 happened. Yeah. Some, some, not all of us are closers. Well, no, not a closer. And everybody went silent. That's when I was like, oh shit. Cause I was <laughs> walking up to the tee and nobody's saying anything. And I'm like, damn it. I have a Something good, good must be happening. I'm like, something's <laughs> like going on here. The perfect game. Like, oh, don't talk to commies about yeah, the career. Don't talk. You know, there was trouble left. Don't fan it right. I, I was hitting it great all day off the tee. I mean, it was in play. And I got up there and just oh, don't go left because left is for <laughs> sure gone. Ball. Left is like in the lake, like down the canyon. This ball just, so far right. And so like Into weak, the houses? Oh, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like search <laughs> party out there. Driveway. I'm like, oh, my God. I just fanned this thing out about 220 off the tee. Everybody was looking for it. Found it. It was in bounds by about <laughs> maybe a foot tops. Hit it off a tree. Hacked it out of there again. I got on in four. And then I left my bogey putt like six feet short. You guys made me putt it. And I actually got it. Yeah, I had to. 100%. And then hey, good I round, though. Yeah, Thank six, God eight? you didn't beat me. It's my six, low. Eight? Is that your low ever? Yeah, I've done 68 three times. Once at Gauzer and then once on the Whisper Rock Upper and once in the lower that's real golf I yeah mean, that's been a long time yeah ago. we've seen you, we've seen you play some good golf. when did, did were you playing when you were still playing uh professional hockey like in the nhl and stuff like that or did you get into that once you retired and had some more time uh you know what i i played i can't even really say i played as a kid like i had golf clubs but i played a lot of baseball uh then once i went to call i mean i had no money in college so there was no golf and then once i got a little bit of money once i signed i never played during the year and then we played a ton because you know you'd work out at whatever in the summers at like nine in the morning you work out you know you skate later in the but let's i mean even if you're skating you're doing everything i mean you're done by one o'clock at the latest you got the rest of the day so it took up golf then so i would say i've probably been golfing pretty regularly at least in the summers for i guess it'd be 20 years now that's yeah. pretty good it's still a late start by golf standards yeah for sure it's like late learning a start. language it's hard the older you get the harder it is to pick oh the shit up. and the habits like I mean, if I could do it all over again, you know, you're stupid. I mean, I never took a lesson, which was, mm -hmm. so then, yeah, you kind of learn how to get it around a little bit with your shitty swing and kind of peeling it around, peeling it around. <laughs> I'm still and, doing that. Oh, <laughs> come on. You're compressing it. Not much, bud. Not much. <laughs> Rarely, bud. Uh, your Just, stuff's been nice lately. It has been, like, strangely clean lately, but there'll be a, t there'll be a dip. You know what I mean? Right. I can only but, ride her till she bucks me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you've obviously you got will. the bug. I mean, now that you're retired, you go on a lot of golf trips yeah. with yep. a lot of hockey guys. I know you made a really cool trip a couple years ago over to the British Open. 
Yeah. You ended up staying on a couch at a rent house with a bunch of the caddies. Yeah. Joe Scovran, Sammy Pinfold, Matty Kelly. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out great. So Joe and I have been buddies since we, I think we both pretty much got on Whisperock at the same time. So uh, Joe Scovran, you know, we hang out. We're both the same age. And he had heard. So I guess the whole, this would have been the, if it wasn't for COVID, this would have been the eighth year of the Cleary Horkoff Invitational. Dan Cleary and Sean Horkoff, two hockey players. They played together in the minors. Dan played a long time for uh, with Detroit, sorry. And Sean Horkoff played a long time with Edmonton. And uh, I played in Detroit a little bit, met Dan. We both loved to golf. And so we kind of put this trip together. So this would have been the eighth year. We were going back to Scotland. We do like, uh, you know, years one, three, the odd years. We'll do like an eight-man trip somewhere in North America. So we've done like abandoned dunes. We've done like Sand Valley, Whistling Straits. We've gone out to Kiel. I mean, we play some sick tracks. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And then on the off years, on the even years, we pick up eight Europeans and we go over and we play somewhere in Europe. So this year was going to be the eighth year and we're going over to Scotland and we were going to do Scotland and then Iceland and then go home. But a couple of years ago, so the last time we were over in Europe, um, we did Scotland and then we went to Spain and we played Valderrama, which, I mean, that place was sick. I mean, kicked the living shit. <laughs> yeah, that place, oh that place my. tough. Oh, it was so hard. Like, even if you, I mean, you know, for us, if you keep it in between the tree lines, that's a good thing. There, like, if you're in between the tree lines, it's like overhanging limbs. and you, I mean, it was, an, it was an ass kicking, but it was, I mean, we had a good time for sure. So Joe had heard I was going on this trip probably – couple weeks before he's like man he's like well the trip ends right before the open at Carnoustie why don't you come I'm like oh I'm like Joe he's like hey you can stay with us stay with the caddies you got to pass the whole time like come on and I'm like fuck I'm like I can't I know what this trip is going to be just the Clary Horkoff Invitational is a lot of golf and it is hitting the flask the entire day I mean, we are in one big boozing. time. Yeah, we're boozing. Boozing. <laughs> so I, I know how I'm going to feel after seven straight days of this, but I'm like, I can't say no to that. I've never been to the Open. That would be a cool experience. So Joe invited me over. Uh, everybody, so we played. Every, the, the trip finished in Spain. Everybody went home. And then I went back to Scotland. Made a huge mistake. Like, they drive on the other side of the road there. And so... Yeah, they do. Yeah, they it's do. It's good to know before you get over there. I knew I knew they did, but I'm like, ah, it can't be that hard. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah. Just so flip everything. I just booked a flight from wherever we were in Spain back to or, uh, back to Edinburgh. And I just rented a car. God. Nice. Why? Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Like, I know they have trains that go everywhere there. And I'm like, I don't want to look into that. I'll just rent a car. No big deal. So I land in Edinburgh get my car and I get in this thing. It's like uh, some kind of Mercedes. So everything's on the wrong side and I'm sitting in the parking lot. I'm like, how the, f I, I don't, I've never owned a Mercedes. I'm like, how the fuck do you start this thing? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, is it one of the tiny ones? Cause the cars are tiny over there too. It was you like a jam your ass in there. It wasn't for huge, you. but it was like more mid size. Okay, it wasn't right. one of the compact so you got some space. I got a little space. Right. Yeah. So I'm in this car trying to figure out how to start the fucking thing. First off, and I, I get this thing started. I'm sitting in the parkade. I'm like, I'm looking around at the, the mirrors on the other side, the rear view mirror. And I'm like, how the fuck? So I finally, I am in, I mean, it's cold out. It's not warm. I'm in a full sweat. Like I, my shirt is soaked. So I get this thing in, well, it was this way. Get this thing into reverse. I back this thing up and I'm pulling out of the, there's like a traffic circle. I go kind of, I didn't go the wrong way, but kind of cut across a lane and I'm, 
finally get out. I take a left. I'm following the map here. And it was like a Fast and Furious convention. <laughs> Just got finished. There were like those Fast and Furious cars with the wings and all that shit. They're zooming by. I'm like, holy Christ. <laughs> so I finally get this thing on the highway. I, it, I am horrified the whole way to Carnoustie. I get there. I'm like, I'm pulling it in. Going the, it's just the whole thing. I bang it off. I get all the way to Joe's <laughs> rental and I rental house and I bang it off one of those, you know, they have, they got those stone walls everywhere. Over there. Oh. <laughs> so I'm pulling this thing. Thank God I'm here banging off one. Of, I'm like, Oh God, it uh, wasn't too insurance, bad. Insurance, whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> I covered. made it here. Yeah, oh. And so finally get there. And I mean, I was hurting. So Joe, you know, Joe keeps it clean. Definitely during the weeks where he's working, but you know, these guys want to have some beers and like, I'm struggling. And I've been, I mean, it's been, been going, oh, I mean, it's been 20 drinks a day at minimum for a week. So I get in there and I'm like, man, I need to sleep. Like I'm dying. They're like, come on. Joe's like, you pussy, have a beer. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a beer. So anyways, did the practice rounds. It was super cool. Like I got to go inside the ropes with Joe and Ricky. So that was a fun experience kind of wandering around a little bit. And Ricky was awesome. He was, you know, I was, I'd never been inside the ropes, so I'm keeping my distance. I don't want to get in anybody's way and then you know the guys don't give a shit i figured that out probably by day two they're like whatever just so i just follow around had a good time and yeah it was fun um ricky was in the mix i was staying with joe we'd have some beers not too many but the weekend finally comes and i'm kind of coming around and ended up running into a couple random people like a couple of hockey guys uh sagan was there just randomly mm -hmm. ran into him i was there by myself so Joe and the rest of the caddies would work the whole week, obviously. And so I had the full day to myself. So Thursday, Friday, I kind of took it easy. Ricky was either, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, hey, Ricky's looking for his first major. I mean, if he wins this fucking thing, maybe I'm, I'm like the good luck yeah. charm. You know what I mean? I can get to go it's to war to this thing. I'll be on yeah, every, it's, it's every be major me. for the rest of his career. I'm coming. Yeah. So I'm cheering for him hard. It was Saturday morning. I get out there. I'm by myself. I got the app on my phone. I got Bose headphones on because I'm not hanging out with anybody so I can listen to the coverage and all that. And I'm like, I am going to get after it today. So, like, they don't like things. You <laughs> had a golf tournament by yourself. Yeah, I love by myself. that mentality. I'm like, I am going to get after it. I'm drinking. I'm double fisting these whiskeys. Whiskeys, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. warm whiskeys. I'm like, whatever. So, Ricky gets <laughs> off to a good start. I'm like, Yes. He's tied for the lead or solo lead going into, it's called Hogan's Alley there along the fence. Mm -hmm. It's like the fifth or sixth hole, mm -hmm. I think it is. I think six, yeah. Yeah, I think it's six. So I think he parred five. So I'm standing there. I've already slugged a couple whiskeys because the, the shack is like halfway down the fairway on the left-hand side outside the fence. So I got shades on. I got my in one shirt. I got my Bose headphones on. I'm double fisting. I'm like, I'm going to follow him the whole way in. We're, I'm going to have a day today. I'm ready to go. They're coming up to the tee, Joe and Ricky. Ricky sees me, laughs, taps Joe. Joe's laughing. I'm sitting there. <laughs> I'm like, come on. And so he puts the ball on the ground, tees off, smashes it, and I can't see shit. And I'm like, where is it? And I'm like, oh, I don't like his reaction. Hits it OB left, bounces left, hits the next one right. He ends up taking an eight. It might have been the most, like, disappointed I've ever been. Like, I felt like I took a triple bogey. I was like, oh. So I followed him around for a little bit, and then I'm like, well, then I kind of let him go and wandered around. But 
Didn't work out. I'm not Ricky's good luck charm. I haven't got any invites back. Uh, well, I turned the covers on. As soon on as he the, sees the, you. Yeah, the coverage starts obviously really early here in Scottsdale. I turn it on, and all of a sudden is this yeah. massive redheaded man yeah. with two drinks, and they're right behind Tiger Woods. I'm like, holy shit, why is Mike Commodore sitting here following Tiger Woods right now? Yeah, I was sitting there, and I was wandering around. I had kind of like a baby blue shirt on with my ugly mug and the cartoon thing with the afro on the front, and uh, my phone starts like I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I looked, and yeah, there, yeah, the coverage was on, and I had messages from guys that I hadn't heard from. A lot of guys I used to play with, they're like, they would, you know, take a picture of the TV and sitting there double fist. I was by the end of that round, I was, I was in one. In one, <laughs> dude, I time. got like 16 texts on that. Like, look at Kami, look at Kami. like everybody saw it and was screenshotting it and Ex- sending it around. As I was like, oh my god, look at this. Animal. For the people at home that don't know, though, explain the, the in in one hashtag yeah, in one. In That's one. your brand. Define. Yeah, yeah. So it's something I've had fun with. It's, uh, I guess, to define it. I mean, you can really make it whatever you want, but I mean, I guess the easiest way would be, you know, having a few drinks, having a lot of drinks with your buddies or having a lot of drinks, I guess, by yourself. You can do it however you want. <laughs> with both headphones yeah, and yeah. some warm whiskey. Yeah, dude. whatever. No you're shit. having a good time or having a bunch of drinks and enjoying yourself would probably be the best. It's definition. like get amongst it, dude. Yeah. It's just like getting amongst it. That's what we say. You you created, know, that's like yeah. thing. You created a whole thing with sauce hockey where they have a t-shirt or your yeah. face on it because back when you won the Stanley Cup, you had the big fro. The big beard, fro, everything. yeah. My glory days, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful human. Thank that you. was real. Thank you, yeah. What was I, the upkeep like on that thing? What was the day-to-day on that? Was that just naturally you roll out of bed and bam, it's already popping, I, or you have I, to do some stuff? I literally did nothing ever to it. I did this in college for You're a little blessed. bit, like kind of how it... <laughs> well, someone, you are gifted, I wouldn't be man. sure, but thank you. I can grow hair. I got a lot of issues, yeah. but there's one thing I can that do. I can it. grow jealous. hair. <laughs> Very jealous, Mike. Uh, it started in college, and uh, anyways, long story short, you know, we... Me and a buddy, Jeff Ulmer, he lives here in town. Uh, we just did this thing in college where we used to get report cards. So I went to the University of North Dakota. And it was like it, you'd play the weekend series if you were a one, you played great, two, you were average, three, you were dog shit. And so we just did this thing at the beginning. You're like, well, why don't we grow our hair out until we get a three, until we're dog shit? So when we had good teams at North Dakota, so we were, we didn't get a three until too late in the year where by this point, you'd already grown my hair for you know, six, seven months, whatever it is. I'm like, well, I'm not cutting it now. I've come this far. And I could tell it was kind of popular with the college kids. Back then they loved it. And, you know, for the, you know, you have a helmet on in college with a mask, but take your hair, or helmet off, sorry, for the national anthem. And the kids loved it and, you know, a lot of attention. I'm like, ah, so I kind of did that in pro. I did it except when I was with New Jersey because Lou Lamarillo would have none of that. And that's where I started. But after that, I did it every year, but nobody gave a shit except for the two years where we went to the finals with Calgary and, and Carolina. So, But it got a little tension, and yeah, it worked out well for me. Yeah, but you mentioned North Dakota, University of North Dakota. That's where yeah. you went to school. Mm-hmm. One, how did you end up there? Two, was hockey the sport at North Dakota? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so how I ended up there, um, I mean, and I grew up in Western Canada and, you know, played junior well tier two junior to be totally honest I wasn't very good I I was okay kind of a late bloomer I guess but like I love to play hockey just because it was it's fucking freezing in Fort Saskatchewan and that's what you do you you play hockey in the winters everybody kind of skates and so I I enjoyed competing and I was very average I would say and then in my grade 12 year uh I was supposed to go I had made a team in major junior I got drafted by the Tacoma Rockets, but they moved to Kelowna in British Columbia. And I was on that team. And my mother was like, hey, look, like, 
it's different now, but you know, my mother got the, we can touch on Ray later, but <laughs> my mother got the horror stories from like high school kids going to play major junior and not going to school or not graduating. And she's like, you're finishing. I mean, I was always in class. You're finishing high school and then you can do whatever you want. So my plan was to finish high school, play tier two junior for the Fort Saskatchewan traders. I know it's kind of confusing a little bit, but play tier two, finish high school, then go play major junior and see where that goes. And as I was playing my grade 12 year in for the Fort Saskatchewan Traders, uh, I was sitting in the dressing room probably a month into the season and our head coach came in and he's like, hey, he's like, BU's upstairs. They want to talk to you. You should get up there right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. I'm like, BU? What the fuck is BU? <laughs> like, no idea. I, I have no idea what college hockey is. Yeah. I've never seen a game. I don't know any of the universities, nothing. So I walk up there and I sit down with this guy who was the assistant coach. I forget his name. I ran into him like, 15 years after, but, um, so he hands me this booklet. I'm like, Oh, BU Boston university, the terriers. And he's like, yeah, you know, talking about the program, all this. I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, no. Yeah. I've definitely thought about going to college. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I have no clue. Like no clue. I've never been anywhere near Boston. I have no idea what college sports are whatsoever. So he takes off. I'm like, okay. And then once one comes kind of more come, and the University of North Dakota came probably about a month later. I just turned 17 years old. And they were, hey, do you want to come for a fly down? I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, well, I'll ask my parents and, you know, they'll come. They're like, no, 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 you're you're coming. I'm like, without my parents? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Sold. Yeah, Done. Let's do it. Done. Where do I sign? Let's go. So I flew in. And I had gone to like a, a decent amount of, um, of major junior games, Swift Current and Red Deer and a bunch of different games and some places are awesome. Some aren't so much just like college hockey, I guess. But I went to the university of North Dakota and I walked into the building and it was a weekend series. So Friday, Saturday night, it was the university of North Dakota against Colorado college. I walked into that building. It was, it was the old building. They have a new one now, but it was 6,500 people. The place was slammed. They had the rink cut in half. Half was like, you know, people that lived in town, season ticket holders. The other half was student. They were all hammered. There were girls everywhere. I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow. I'm like, college. this is college. unbelievable. Yeah, I'm like, go. fuck Major Junior. <laughs> I'm going to college. So I literally, I signed my letter of intent a little bit later. And, and that's how I ended up. But you couldn't have been like an court. average, like you were describing it, like, like junior player. Because UND, they won so many championships. Like that's like the Alabama almost of, of college hockey, I feel like. So you couldn't have been an average dude and be getting looks from like Boston and, and North Dakota. I, I think it was, I was a little bit like college hockey kind of has more like old, older, it should be better hockey than junior because, you know, junior, you get guys from 16 years old to 20 anything older than 20, you can't play junior in college hockey. It's, you know, 18 years old or whatever you are for, I was 17 when I got there. Then I turned 18 in November, but to, I mean, guys can be as old as 26. So it's, I mean, you're playing against Jesus. men, so it should be better hockey. Right. Um, like yeah, BYU. but I was a, being completely honest, I was a, def, I had a little bit of offense to me, but not much. I was, I was a big guy that liked to take the body. Um, take I can't the body. say I was very offensively. I, I wasn't a Ray Whitney by any stretch of the imagination. So I wasn't really the typical guy that would go to college, if that makes sense. But it ended up working out. Like when I went to college, I think a lot of scouts and stuff thought, that I was a pussy. 
They're like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy doesn't, he doesn't like the rough stuff. This guy's a pussy. I mean, when I played in tier two, I led my team in penalty minutes. I had a bunch of fights, but I just went there because I never, for me, I'm like, I never saw my professional hockey didn't dawn on me until the New Jersey Devils picked me in the second round. Well, that's what's shocking is you got picked in the second round. I mean, yeah, 40 you talk about like overall. you suck. And then you can, yeah. I, mean, I, I was, used to have people here that are six round picks. Your second round pick, 42nd overall. I did have a good year my sophomore year. Uh, let me rephrase that. My freshman year, I they, North Dakota just won a national title. I came in the next year. You know, I played, but very sparingly. I mean, I dressed for most of the games, but played very sparingly. My second year, we were playing against Notre Dame, actually, the Fighting Irish. Right around Christmas time, I hadn't scored a goal in college or anything yet. I was running some people over or whatever, but... For whatever it was, I scored a goal, and it, it was weird. I can still remember it to this day. It was like you, the game was so fast for me, and then all of a sudden like that, everything slowed down, like in between the years. And from that point forward, then they have they have kind of rankings that come out before the draft, and then I was ranked, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I did this combine. You, you go to Toronto. You, you do these, you know different tests, bench press, all this other stuff, which I was awful at. And then New Jersey <laughs> – they have like a little extra test. It was like, if they liked you, they would be like, Hey, come over to our facility. So we would go over. And so basically the only test that mattered, it was the only one that I did. I could have done another one, but they're like, you don't need to. So it was this treadmill test where every, I want to say minute and a half, the speed would go up and the treadmill, like the incline would go up. So you start for the first like four, six minutes or whatever you're walking and then a little bit and then it gets going. So I'm looking at this. I'm watching the guy in front of me who went to Wisconsin. I was playing against him. He was fairly highly rated. And I'm like, I'm watching him. And he did like, I want to say like 11 minutes. And it looked really hard. By the end of it, I mean, it is all out. Basically, the, the test is once you get to your maximum heart rate, how long are you willing to hang in there? Whenever you hit your maximum heart rate, it doesn't really matter. But like, how long can you hang in there? So I'm like, I don't give a shit what I do here. But I'm like, I'm going to beat that guy. That, that's it. And so I got on the treadmill, and I, I can actually run okay, or I used to be able to anyways. And so I beat him by a significant margin, and I wasn't going to go to the draft or anything like that. And New Jersey, had, they're like, you know, they're like, hey, they're like, you don't have to do any more testing. That's good. You know, when are you getting to the draft? I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I'm not, you know, I don't have a whole lot of money. The draft's in Boston. I'm like, my parents live outside of Edmonton, Alberta. That's a long way to go. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go. I don't want to be sitting in the fucking stands and, not get picked yeah. or get picked in like the sixth round when you're supposed to go in the second or or whatever. And New Jersey, that was the reason why I went to the draft. New Jersey was like, no, no, you need to go to the draft. Wow. So I'm like, okay. So I went to the draft. New Jersey had a pick. Uh, I, I thought two teams liked me. I thought New Jersey liked me, and I thought Washington liked me. So we're in the stands in Boston. First round goes through, and we're getting towards the end of the first round. New Jersey was very good back then. Well, well, they're shit now, but they're, they were very good back then. And so they had a late first-round pick. And so they had a pick like 20, I don't know, there was 31 picks in the draft, or 30, I guess, 27th or 28th. And I'm like, oh, this might be it. My my old man's a warrior. He's like, what the fuck are we doing here, this and that. And I'm like, hey, would you calm down? I'm like, I'm the one that's supposed to be nervous. I'm yeah. the one getting drafted here. And so New Jersey picked a goalie, and he's was a little heated, but he's like, okay, okay. I'm like, hey, I wasn't going in the first round anyways. Relax, Dad. And then Washington had three picks right at the beginning of the second round. And they picked a defenseman. Then they picked another defenseman. 
And I'm pretty sure they went three defensemen. None of them were me. And my old man with every pick that goes by, he's like, Washington liked you? What the fuck? Why are we here? I'm like, would you relax? And then New Jersey got their second pick, which was 42nd or whatever yeah. it was overall. And and that's off that's to the races. incredible. Yeah, you're off to the races. And you bounced around a little bit. Yeah, a lot. Let's just go right to 2006. Mm-hmm. You obviously, you find a home in Carolina. Yeah. Yep. I mean, with our guy Ray Whitney. Yeah. And you'll end up winning the cup. Yep. First off, what was that you're like? That's kind of where you, I feel like you – the world really got to know Mike Commodore, basically because of your antics before games, maybe mm. after games. Take us through after that season. Games. During games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – yeah, so just to back it up a little bit. So in 2004, like you said, I bounced around up and down, minors back, back and forth, traded twice, this and that. And things were, to be honest, a little iffy. And got traded to Calgary, finished the year there in 03. I, I finally got – to be completely honest, my third year pro, I was supposed to play in Anaheim, got sent to Cincinnati, and being completely honest, uh, I mean, I showed up and I worked my ass off the games, but I was drinking too much, for sure. And got traded to Calgary, and then, you know, I had this reputation where, well, and this was because of a, a whole nother thing, but <laughs> Babcock, I don't, you don't even want to get into that. We might that. touch that we a little bit. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't want to get after it too early, but... This guy went to the paper when I was in Anaheim and was like, this guy doesn't care. Anyway, I fought everybody in camp and I was in great shape, but he thought I didn't care. Anyways, so now I have a reputation. So anyways, finished that year in Calgary, the last six games or whatever. And uh, they're like, hey, they're like, well, we heard you don't work out. You got to stay in Calgary. And I'm like, at the time I had a place in Minnesota, a lake place. I'm like, you know what? Fuck the lake place. I'm like, fine, I'll stay in Calgary. No problem. So anyways, I think I put that to bed over the years, but... Didn't make the team the next year. The team was, and we had a ton of defensemen. I was on a two-way contract. And then, you know, ended up getting up the second half of the year. We went, we go to the finals, and we lose to Tampa Bay in seven. Everything's good. I signed a two-year one-way deal, which was a big, so a one-way deal means that there's only one salary. So whether you're playing in the minors or you're playing in the NHL, you're making X amount of dollars. It doesn't matter. And uh, thinking everything is good. Next thing we got a fucking lockout. So the 04, the next season is gone. So I'm right back to the minors again. I'm like, oh my God, again. <laughs> and then had a good year in the minors. It actually, in hindsight, it was probably the best thing that happened in my career was that lockout. Calgary and Carolina split a farm team. And I had a really good year that year in the minors. And uh, the day of the draft, Carolina traded for me. At first, I was like, ah, shit. I'm like, you know, Carolina, they were dog shit in 04 like the last NHL season, Calgary, you know, we'd just gone to the finals, but then I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to, there's too many defensemen in, in Calgary anyways. Show up to Carolina. We're supposed to, I think we were picked to finish like 28th or 29th to start wow. the year. New set of rules though and everything. Um, and it, it was a special year. You could kind of, to be honest, we were good. I think we lost three games in a row one time towards the end of the year. We rarely lost two in a row. Uh, We lost the last game of the season. If we would have won it, we would have finished first in the East. So we ended up finishing second. We had a really good team. We had a team, I mean, guys like Ray and Eric Stahl, Justin Williams, Rod, but we had a a team that was, we had a kind of a, I don't want to say no-name decor, but like our guys that were known were older, kind of at the tail end of their careers. We had a bunch of guys that could score goals, and we had some good goaltending, and we were just 
Yeah, Just off rolling. to the races. Yeah, you was that the year? Was that year that when you won the cup? Was that the year that the robe thing started? The pregame robe is that when it became in vogue and you became known for that? Yeah, yeah, that kind of give me the origin of that because sure. I find that I love that about you. Sure, yeah. So, I'm a single guy. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes put a little pamphlet in our in our dressing room, in our lockers. You, you have a Christmas present from the Carolina Hurricanes. So you open up this pamphlet, and there was like six things to choose from. There was like a you know, a wine set and a barbecue set. And it was a bunch of shit that as a single guy, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sitting at home drinking wine. I'm Candles, not throwing yeah. wine parties. I'm not barbecuing anything. I go out to eat every time. And the one thing they had in there was a robe. I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I'll use a robe. I don't know. It's easy. So put my thing in. Yeah, I'll take a robe. So this was like in December. Thing finally arrives in March. The end of the season is like the first week of April. And uh, so this robe comes in and, so I put it on in the change room in our not in the locker room, but in our little change room or whatever. I'm like, God, this thing's pretty fucking nice. And one of the veterans on the team, Glenn Wesley, who played like in the NHL for literally ever, I think he's got 1,500 games. He's been, been around forever. He's like, Oh, Mike, I love that. I'm like, Yeah, Glenn, you like this? He's like, Yeah. He's like, Why don't you get the equipment guys to stitch your number in there? I go, Yeah, Glenn, come on. He goes, Yeah. I'm like, ah, fuck, this guy's been around forever, sure. So <laughs> they stitch my number in, and so I kind of do a little production, walk into the dress room, all the guys are in there, they're laughing. I got a big afro by this time. They're laughing at me or whatever. I do a little dance and kind of <laughs> go about. So I'm like, well, I'm going to wear this. I mean, my warm-up when I played was, I wasn't doing too many dynamic warm-ups. It was like cups of coffee. I'd do a little stretch, some high knees, and I was off to the races. So I'd wear it around as I was drinking coffee. Guys would get a little laugh at it. And then once we got into the playoffs, you know, it's the same stuff. You know, if you, if you end up keeping going for a little while, I mean, there's only, I mean, as, as the media guys, I mean, it's the same guys every day, right? So you're looking for stuff to talk about. And the camera kind of caught me as I was drinking a cup of coffee or doing a little dance or whatever I was doing. And so they kind of latched on to it. And then it, we won the first round. And then all of a sudden it was like photo shoots. And then there was like, you know, my dad came down. He's like, there's a life for or life-size cutout of you in a fucking robe on a concourse. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'd like got this robe on an Afro with these Crocs. And anyways, it just kind of went from there. And yeah, that thing's in the hockey hall of fame, believe that it or thing, not. That thing really? was a big deal, yeah. dude. A big I mean, you deal. couldn't take it off. I mean, you were winning. No, yeah, you had no, to no. Had to keep going. I mean, that thing. Yeah. That thing got a lot of mileage. Uh, I mean, we ended up winning. So once when we won game seven against the Oilers to win the cup, I mean, obviously I had that thing on. I mean, there's booze everywhere. And then the kind of fast forward now into the summer. I mean, I never washed the fucking thing. I mean, I'm not going to no, do that. No, it's got good juju. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to leave it, let this thing go. So soaked in sweat, <laughs> soaked in booze, just sits there. And I was, my weekend with the cup with Ray, you know, I had this thing sitting in my hockey bed. I don't even know how the fuck it got there, but. And the Hockey Hall of Fame guy, the cup keeper, he's, I'm like, yeah, I got this fucking robe. He's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know, man. The thing fucking stinks. He's like, well, can I have it? I'm like, what are you going to do with it? He's like, I'm going to put it in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. I go, have at it. Yeah. So they put, they had it on display, I think, for now I'm sure it's in the basement. I mean, it's not on display anymore. That's but cool, though. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know it made it to the Right next thing. to Wayne's yeah. jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Wayne, yeah, and here's, Wayne and here's, and here's Mikey's yeah. robe. <laughs> yeah. But tell us a bit. I mean, that's one of the coolest traditions in sports. When you yeah. win the Stanley Cup, each member of the team, I think staff and everything, correct, gets a, yeah. gets a day Everybody. with the cup. Yep. 
So tell us about your day. I mean, that's I mean, that's a lifelong dream. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It it was. I mean, I'll tell you what. It was. It was a great summer. My attitude going into the summer, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to work my ass. I mean, went back to Calgary. I'd just been in Calgary to the finals. Beat the Oilers. So, you know, for people that don't know, Calgary-Edmonton is a huge rival in, in the NHL, one of the biggest. So, like, a lot of Flames fans were like, and I lived in Calgary at the time in the summers. They're like, thank God you beat the Oilers. So, I mean, I, I was kind of a fucking rock star for the summer, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. But I'm like, okay. I'm like... I just signed a new contract. I'm like, yeah, I got to take care of my work in the mornings. But other than that, I'm going to have a good time. So my attitude was if I get invited to a cup party, I'm going. So I'm sure somebody's broke the record now. But I think I, I literally went to every cup party of the guys. that. So I think I went to like 12. So I was going anywhere in North America. If I could do it over again, I would have went to Europe too. Fuck it. I only ended up winning one of them. You only get one wow, kick at this thing. Know. That's cool. Yeah, no, we got after it. It was fun. <laughs> but my weekend, so we ended up, um, Ray and I are both from Fort Saskatchewan. So we kind of figured it out. Well, why don't we, it was pretty late in the summer. I think it was like the third weekend in August. So it's kind of getting towards training camp here. But, you know, you can skate it off and work it off in the morning but so ray and i ended up we it, it was actually a really good time so ray and i were like well why don't we split two days i'm like wait look i'm like hold on i'm like i want my day but i'm like i also want to take it to the university of north dakota because when i was at school at belfort and won the cup with the um dallas, dallas stars, stars mm -hmm. right and i was there watching him i thought it was cool that he brought it back to north dakota so i ended up talking my way into a third day so well done thank you yes so ray and i were like okay it's ray's day on like a friday doug wade has it in st louis on a thursday night ray's like we got to get that cup if, if it flies commercial here like it's not going to get here until like the evening of our first day here the friday i'm like yeah no that sounds good he's like we got to take a plane i'm like yeah ray you're paying like, <laughs> yeah I dude it's a great paying. idea pony just, up yeah go ahead <laughs> pony I just, up bitch hey you've been around for a long time i just finally signed a one-way deal here and uh so we jumped on a plane flew to st louis got in i don't even know why we got a hotel room so ray and i fly in there we went over to joe buck's house doug's having this big party we blow the doors off i mean it was a great time mingle around there a little bit six in the morning doug's time's up we're like hey doug hope you had fun see you later six a.m grab yeah. the cup <laughs> yeah. grab the cup guy on the plane back to edmonton so ray had his day the rest of that day i i showed up in the evening uh he had like a little get together with a bunch of people just right around where we grew up and then the next day we flew out again he was involved in this golf course uh out on vancouver island called bear mountain so we went out there for the morning and then flew back. He's like, hey, Mike, do you mind if I take half? I'm like, Ray, no problem. Not a big deal. So my time kind of officially started halfway through the Saturday. So now we're kind of, if Ray and I are splitting three days, kind of halfway through the three days. And uh, had some T-shirts made up. I had like a dozen guys sitting at my parents' place just outside of Edmonton, go get the cup, bring it back. We're all sitting there. I got a party bus. And my thinking was like, yeah, we could go out in Edmonton, but I really haven't done anything in Edmonton. I haven't really been around since I was in high school. We just beat the Oilers. Some of my buddies are savage animals. Yeah. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is go out to a bar 
and we got some Oiler fans and somebody says something and next thing we know it's a shit show. I'm like, let's take it to Calgary. People like me in Calgary. We can go there. There'll be no issues. So we jumped on a party bus, took the party bus down to Calgary. And the one thing I noticed over the summer about that fucking Stanley Cup, like if you start with, let's say, I don't care what day it is, pick a Monday, Sunday, like a, a dead day. You start with five people. I mean, people show up out of, the, you could be in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> people show up out of the fucking woodworks. By the end of the day, I mean, I started, I think we had 10 guys on the bus. We went to a, my buddy's restaurant, Joey's, and, and, and kind of met some family, like some extended family that I've, it's the only time I ever met them. I told my parents, I'm like, hey, look, they're more than welcome to come, just so you know. They ain't sticking around here. Like, this, is, this isn't going to be a, all of a sudden a big family affair where I got to watch what I'm doing. I'm like, it's on tonight. So got the family stuff done with early. And then, I mean, by the end of the night, I mean, we, it was a Sunday night in Calgary, not much going on. We went to three or four different bars, I think it was. We'd walk into a bar, there'd be nobody there, or maybe two people there, one bartender. Within an hour, the place was slammed. That's awesome. And I mean, word got endless out. Endless boot. I, I don't. I didn't touch my credit card the whole night. I mean, it was insane. That's even better. How how was oh, that great. trophy? How was the Stanley Cup still in one piece after all these stories and all the guys that win it and all the crazy dudes that play professional hockey that win it? How was that thing still ticking? So they got two. That's uh. a good question. I asked this too. So they have two. They have a replica, but you do get the like the actual, the actual real, real one. one. Yeah, you get the real day? one. Yeah. yeah. So they have two because you know they have different appearances and stuff like that. But when it's your day, you get the real one. That thing is. I mean, it, that thing has been fucking beat of up. Of course, dude. Like, I mean, that thing. They up. should write a book on that thing. Yeah, big time. I mean, a great person to get on the podcast would be any of those guys that work for the hockey, like those cup keepers. Yeah. I used to think that'd be like the greatest job in the world. Oh. Until I actually won the thing, yeah. and I'm well, like, drink, these right? poor dudes. They can, but they do. They do. But, but then uh... imagine it, like Colt. Let's say you you're, you're the cup keeper. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you're splitting duties for a summer. So you, half the time it's yours. So you got to. Let's say you're going over to Europe. Let's say you split everything in half. I mean, that is a grind. Yeah, that's a that's that a long summer. Every boozing. night, the biggest party of dudes' lives, and you got to be a part of that. Whether they're just supposed to guard it, and make sure nothing, no one steals it, and anything bad happens right. to it. Basically, yeah. yeah, they basically like keep their eyes on it. Like it used to be, from what those guys told me, it was like no rules. That if that cup could talk, there'd be some great stories. My party was just pretty simple. Guys getting banged up. We definitely had a good time, but nothing crazy happened. I kind of screwed up. Well, I definitely screwed up. So we went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but we picked it up late Friday night. So really our two days, Ray and I, was Saturday and Sunday. And then I screwed up. Where I mean, I had a full floor hotel like booked off for whoever wanted to stay. But one of our goaltender who won the con Smythe, the MVP of the playoffs, I, I screwed this up. So my North Dakota day was Tuesday. Cam Ward had it on a Monday. So we had to get this thing back up to Edmonton by nine in the morning on the Monday morning, which was stupid. I don't know why to this day I'm like, God, I screwed up. I should have just hate Cam. Cam wanted to like eat cereal out of it with his dog. <laughs> Read a I'm like, dude, you dog. can do that on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And so anyways, we had to, if you want to call it the pop, the party kind of got cut short at 6 a.m. And then I got it again on a Tuesday and took it out to North Dakota and no, it, I mean, it was a good time. I mean, they need a documentary a, a, yeah. on that one year. Just follow it the whole summer. Oh. be unbelievable. You, can't, you couldn't put it <laughs> yeah, in there. Yeah, they'd have to edit a lot of shit yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to ask about this. I mean, you're legendary for it. I feel like if we don't ask, we wouldn't be doing the people out there justice. And most of our people are golf fans. 
Okay. So, but they love hockey. Okay. And obviously, there's a very well known feud with you and a legend. I don't even want to call him a legend because I don't like him because you don't like him. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> a well-known coach named uh-huh. Mike Babcock. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned it a little bit earlier when sure. you were in Anaheim. Yeah. Explain us our, y'all's relationship a little bit and the, the big fallout. Okay. I'll, I'll shorten this up yeah. as much as I can. So, in college, drafted by New Jersey, turned pro, first two years in New Jersey and Albany up and down the whole time. That summer, I get traded from New Jersey to Anaheim. It's Mike Babcock, whom I didn't know, whom I've never seen in my life. I've never had any experience with him whatsoever. Have no clue. I get traded to Anaheim in the summer. Gives me a call. Hey, make sure you show up in shape. You got to be ready to go. Yeah, sounds good. No problem. On pay, on you know, pencil on paper, I'm supposed to be in the top seven, probably five, six defensemen in Anaheim. It's a good opportunity for me, I am thinking. Get to Anaheim. It's fairly evident uh, early that I'm not in the plans, but I show up in great shape. I fight everybody in camp. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that, the, part, the first, I love that. That's part of the, the checklist. Dude, I fought everybody. Yeah, I I'm mean, I, I cared. And the first kind of alarm going off in my head was, well, I'm still young, and back then there was like, there was like 10 or 12 exhibition games in, in New Jersey. I played almost all of them. Get to Anaheim, I'm playing one. I'm like, okay, this is this is kind of the first thing. Another thing was in practice. You know, we're doing this kind of system stuff. And as the play is going on, the puck's in the other end. I'm in the neutral zone. And as I'm skating by him, I just go, hey, Babs, do you want me here or here? Like the, the puck is 80 feet away. And he blows it down, starts screaming at me. I'm like, this guy is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Keep that to myself. Anyways, sent to the minors. He goes, which I touched on earlier, where whatever. He wanted to play somebody else. He had this kid that played for the team that he coached in juniors. And that's fine. That happens all the time. Happens every year. No big deal. My problem was he went to the paper and said, because people were asking, they're like, well, traded for Mike. Like, why isn't he here? Mm-hmm. Well, Mike showed up. He doesn't care. He wasn't in shape. So right away, that was the reputation thing I'm talking about. Now, that's very, very hard to get rid of if you ever, really ever get rid of it, ever. Anyways, that year, there's a couple of things that happened that year, but whatever, that, that doesn't really matter. Thank God Calgary trades for me. Off, off to the races. Babs goes to Detroit. I do the Calgary thing. Carolina, I'm in Columbus. Now, Columbus and Detroit are in the same division back then. So one of the... <laughs> One of the beat writers asked me, like, hey, yeah, like, because he kind of knew there was something going on with me and Babs. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, you know, fuck that guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy railroaded me. As, as far as I'm concerned, he tried to do whatever he could to try and bury me with his comments in the paper. And so I kind of go off a little bit as much as you can in the paper. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, this guy went out of his way to bury me. You know, I got zero respect for him, blah, blah, blah. And I find out we're playing Detroit that night. So I find out after pregame skate, just through the trainers, that the veterans, well, I didn't know who it was at first, that the guys had cut out the article and put it on the wall and highlighted the parts in it where I was giving it to Mike Babcock. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, man, the last thing I want to do is be the fucking loudmouth here. Uh, But I end up finding out that it was like Chris Chelios, Chris Osgood, like veterans on the team, multiple Stanley Cups that were highlighting it because they hated him too. And they wanted to make sure that he saw it. So then I find it funny. We we ended up 
I'll never forget. We beat Detroit three two in overtime. I think I actually had like I had two or three points for sure. I assisted on the overtime winner. I'm like fucking right. So I'm like, Fuck you, bad <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Anyways, fast forward now. A couple years later, I'm still in Columbus. Things go sideways there for a whole nother reason. I get bought out. So I get bought out. So basically, which means you get 66% of your contract paid out over double the years that you have left. And, you know, at my age, I was over 30. And I'm like, it ain't a good thing. That's for sure. If I'm lucky, I get one more chance. So I talked to my agent on June 30th. He's like, you're getting bought out. I'm like, yeah, no shit. And he's like, I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? He's like, well, he goes, if you're lucky, maybe we get something in, in August. I go, okay, sounds good. So, you know, free agency starts on July 1st. Training camp starts middle of September. I'm like, sounds good. I'm like, no, I can still play. I'm like, I just need a chance. Next day, July 1st, it is five minutes into free agency. I am on the totem pole. I am like in the basement, below the basement. Nobody's thinking of calling Mike Commodore for a defenseman. Like, that's like way down the road. Nobody's even, you know, it's the high guys, the, the, the guys that are supposed to be the big deals or whatever. I get a call from my agent five minutes into free agency. He's like, Mike, I got a contract offer for you. I'm like, oh, no shit. I go, well, what is it? He's like, one year, one million bucks. I'm like, one way? He's like, yeah. And that's the best, that's the best I'm going to get. That's, there ain't no more coming. And if, if, at, by that point in my career, it wasn't really about the money. It was more about the opportunity. Didn't listen to my gut as it ended up turning out. But so I'm like, okay, I go, well, who is it? Now I had a different agent then than I did with my first run in with dipshit Babs. <laughs> and he's like, well, Detroit. And so Ken Holland, who just got into Whisper Rock, actually, who's a great dude. I call him Babs now all the time. He knows I hate him. Anyways, he, he's a great dude. I played in his golf tournament. Ken loves golf, play with it. We had beers, ripping on Bab. I was ripping on him. He was laughing. He might not like that, but I don't care. And <laughs> so we're sitting there. Detroit calls, one year, one million bucks. And so I tell my agent, I'm like, I'm not fucking going to Detroit. I'm like, he's like, well, why not? I'm like, Mike Babcock's there. I'm like, there's only one reason why he wants me there. Stay in my fucking career. He goes, what are you talking about? So I give him the Coles notes. He's like, what do you want him to say? I'm like, well, just put him off. I'm like, tell him we'll get back to him. Like, there's got to be, I mean hopefully something else anything else comes he's like well here here's the deal he's like you have 15 minutes to make up your mind either you're Jesus. in or you're out yeah 15 minutes 15 minutes nobody else's deal thinking, expires in 15 done wow. off the table and Strong nobody else big time nobody else is even thinking of calling me for at least six weeks yeah so i'm sitting there i'm like you gotta be fucking shitting me <laughs> so i'm like i'll call you back so clock's ticking i call ken holland ken I'd love to play for you. I'd love to play in Detroit. That'd be awesome. You know, original six, that'd be really cool. I haven't done that. I loved playing in Joe Lewis Arena. I'm like, you know what? I think you're head coach. I made that abundantly clear a year ago at your golf tournament. I'm like, does he want me on the team or not? Yeah, 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 Mike. He wants you on the team. Are you sure, Ken? Yeah, I'm sure. Give me his phone number. So I call Mike Babs. <laughs> this fucking guy. Yeah, the, he I answers. Heard about this part. Oh, you have. Oh, I don't know about the phone call. So I got like now that I got ten minutes left until this fucking thing expires. <laughs> I'm like, he answers the phone. I go, hey, Mike, it's Mike Commodore. Oh, hey, Commie, how you doing? I'm like this with the phone. I'm like, Commie. I'm like my yeah. buddies call me. Commie. Yeah. I want to be like fuck you, and I wish I would have now. <laughs> I'm like Mike. I'm like, do you want me on your hockey team? 
or not. It's real simple. If you don't, please be honest with me and just tell me and I'll roll the dice and I'll go somewhere else. No hard feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you on the team. We got no right-handed shot. We need somebody to play with Nick Lidstrom, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Babs, are you getting me on the hockey team to end my career? This is my last chance. I know it. You know it. I'm like, I need to know I'm going to get a fair shake at playing. I'm not asking for anything special. I know I can still play. There's a couple of defensemen you have in your team that I think I'm better than, at least in my mind. I'm like, I need to know I'm going to get a fair shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play with Nick again. Nick Lidstrom's, if not the best, he's one of the best defensemen to ever play in the National Hockey League. I'm like, you're sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a physical presence, this and that. So hang up the phone, call my agent back up, five minutes left. He's like, well, what do you think? He's going to fuck me. <laughs> He's going to fuck me, for sure. He goes, well, what did he say? So I say, well, yeah, I'm going to get a fair shake. Yeah, I'm going to play with Nick. He's like, Mike, you play with Nick Lidstrom. And I'm like, well, you know, for, for people that don't know, mm-hmm. Nick Lidstrom is, like I just said, one of the best defensemen to ever play the game. Literally, all I would have had to do every time I got the puck was go, hey, Nick, here you go, <laughs> and give him the puck, and I would have had 30 points. Now I'm back in the mix. Maybe I got another long-term deal. (laughs) Like, things are looking good. I'm going to make the playoffs. The team's sick. So I take Babs at his word. I'm like, all right, fine. I talked to the guy. He told me I'm going to get a fair shake. So I signed the contract. Show up. The lightest I've ever been. I'm like, I am going to show up in fucking shape. I actually went in August. A buddy of mine, kind of a side story, invited me from the first time I ever to go to Europe, play the old course. So a buddy that I went to college with, he goes, we need a guy. And I'm like, man, like my dad went there like 15 years ago. And the one thing I remember him telling me is if you ever get the chance, don't say no. So I'm like, I'm coming, but I'm not drinking. He's like, what? I'm like, dude, we have, I have camp. This is, I need to make sure I'm ready to roll. I'm like, I will have one beer after every round and then I'm going home. He goes, okay, we need a guy. Let's go. So I had one beer after every round. I was going so for runs. Yeah. Wow. I was running around St. Andrews in the streets all around there. Show up to camp. The lightest I've ever been. Get there. And right from the word fucking go, <laughs> I was out. It was, you know, go through camp. I actually played some exhibition games. It was nice. I tweaked my knee a little bit like I was out for like a week kind of towards the end of camp. So I'd say like the first two, one or two games of the season, I would probably couldn't play. So healthy scratch game one, healthy scratch game two, I'm ready to go. They lose game one, they lose game two. I'm ready to go. Scratch, 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 scratch. This shit goes all the way till <laughs> mid-November and the team is not doing well. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So anyways... That was, and that ended up being, there's a little more into in that too, but that ended up being the end of my career. I fucking knew it. I mean, the, the one thing I learned from that was always trust your gut instinct. I didn't. I did, but then I didn't act on it, and that ended up being the end of well, my career. Have you talked to him since, sorry. No, it's, I was just saying, it's led you, to some legendary tweets. Yeah, the, the so, Twitter accounts were just the Babcock content. So the Twitter part, this is actually kind of a funny story. So... That happens, whatever. I'm done at the end of the year. I bang around a little bit in the American American League the next year. Play Russia and play in Russia for a year. I retire. I'm done. I've had it. 
I get so whatever season this is, whatever his first year. So Babs went from Detroit to Toronto. Now he's the head coach in Toronto. So being the head coach in Toronto, if you wanted to put it in football terms, would be like I don't know what would be the biggest Nick Saban in Alabama. Or, sure, like yeah. a college England, thing. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Sure, yeah, like whatever the biggest like job. The biggest job, yes. Biggest I mean, program. Every single day. What this guy loved is he loved nothing more than the cameras. Like, what, he would never, I don't give a shit, he was never missing an interview. <laughs> so in Toronto, when you're the head coach of the Maple Leafs, you are on TV. You're the dude. You are the man. Coast to coast, every single fucking day. I had to, that was one of the, I mean, I never actually said this. It was one of the reasons why I came down here. I'm like, I can't go up to Canada. See this piece of shit on TV? I just retired. I'm like, I'm moving, every day, I will I'm move like, out of the I, country I can't before deal I with watch this. this I'd be dude. like, I'd be at a bar and I'd have to turn around, man. I was at the time I was bitter. I'm not anymore. I could care less. But yeah, you seem like you're over it. Yeah, where is that <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> have you it. talked to him since that season? No, that's so, it. Done. No, that's it. Haven't ran into him. If he called you, would you pick it up? Yeah, I'd pick it up. I don't have his number. Then so what would you have say? To no, I'm kidding. Yeah. It would be. I'd be hard pressed to not say fuck you. Didn't he scratch Madonna on like fourteen ninety nine career games and scratch healthy scratch him so he d- and he didn't get to fifteen hundred ever? Is that correct? That is the best. So with this Twitter thing, I'll finish off the Twitter thing. Yeah, keep you know, you're good. So the Twitter thing, I'm sitting because I mean people. I mean it did get a little out of control, but so I'm sitting in. It's Mike Babcock's first year in Toronto. He's the head coach. Their first row game is in Detroit. Their home opener. It's a Friday night. So Toronto is playing Detroit Friday night in Detroit. Detroit, then the next day, Saturday night, is playing in Carolina for their home opener. The Hurricanes fly me in to crank their hurricane siren for their home opener. Sick. So Friday night, yeah. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm waiting for one of the guys I used to play with. I'm getting pretty banged up. Sitting there having a few cocktails. And I know the Toronto-Detroit, but I, to be honest, I really don't give a shit. I get a text message. Chris Chelios, NHL legend. I mean, this guy is the man. He was the man forever. Sends me a message. I'm sitting there at the bar by myself waiting for my buddy. He's like, hey, Mike. He's like, uh, Babs is, and, and Chris Chelios hates Mike Babcock. He's like, hey, Mike, uh, Babs is back in Detroit. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. He's like, you should rip him on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, I go, you think? Is that good? Really? <laughs> He's like, yeah. Give it to him. So I remember sitting there at the bar, and I'm like, okay, I have a decision to make here. I'm like, I need to be fine with it knowing that if I'm going to go off on fucking social media on any head coach, I need to know that I I don't, I'm not looking for a job in I'm hockey. done. I'm yeah, done. it's over. Yeah. This there's going to be people that don't know me. They're going to think this guy's an asshole, like mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want a job in hockey anyways. So I go off on this tangent. I mean, I'm dying. I mean, I went a little too far, maybe. I mean, I'd be hit by a bus and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm dying laughing at the bar. The people at the bar thought I was fucking crazy. But anyways, laughing about it. And there's money on the board. So for the game, so money on the board is like, I used to play in Calgary. Let's say I'm playing for Columbus. I come into Calgary. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll put up 500 bucks. Let's win the game. If we win the game, I got 500 bucks. I put it in the team fine fund. We... We use it for a party. Chelios also messaged me when he was telling me to rip him on Twitter. He's like, hey, you want to put money on the board? I'm like, yeah, I want to put money on the board. So he's like, how much? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, two grand. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, fuck Babs. He's like, amen. <laughs> so he sends me a picture of the board. So usually there's like three or four people. 
this shows how much this guy was hated. This whiteboard was like ceiling to floor. There was everybody from almost all the players, the front office people, the fucking parking fucking attendants, <laughs> the ushers. I mean, there was everything from $2,000 to 10 bucks, just to beat yeah. him, beat him. So anyways, they end up winning the game. Next day, they're in Carolina. I'm hungover. I get a text message from one of the guys that he's like, they're like, hey, come over to team snack or whatever. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm not in Detroit anymore. That's weird. They're like, no, no, no. The guys really want to see it. Come over. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll come over. So I come over. This is right before they go to the rink. I walk in, standing ovation. That's awesome. They read all the tweets. They loved it. That's the best. So that kind of, I might be throwing some people under the bus, but fuck it. That is how hated that guy is. He is a terrible human being sooner or later I, I would assume that i would probably run into him and honestly i don't i don't we're gonna see if we can make that happen oh man. so that was like validation like you ain't the only dude out here on this island oh, no. that hates him it's, it's across the board no yeah. so to get to mike medano's thing sorry i got a little sidetracked oh, yeah. when it, somebody asked because it would that's always a come shitty up. move i mean god oh that's 99.9 percent of the coaches so i mean mike medano he was hurt and then he came back and there was like 12 games or something left and he needed to play all of them to get to 1,500 on the nose. And it was going to be his last year. He played forever. And this is the story that I tell, because it's the quickest one to tell and what kind of person Babs is, is it was like game, like with like four games to go, Babcock scratched him. And his sole purpose was knowing that, well, if I scratch him here, he's not going to get to 1,500. And then that'll be the end. I mean, who the fuck does that? To one of the best players to a game ever, that didn't even matter ever do it. Yeah, like, yeah, the game didn't matter. The game like, didn't matter. Like they the, were in the playoffs. The playoff, they yeah. were in the playoffs. Yeah. The seedings were all set. That's Everything a was joke. Good. So Mike's got to hate him too. I mean, oh, oh yeah. that's a yeah. just blatant yeah. one thousand four hundred ninety-nine games played that's on his crazy. last year. You know, it's his last year. Just hey, let's prevent this guy from hitting a huge a, milestone. I mean, he's a Michigan kid. Michigan kid comes home, plays a year at home. Like maybe the best American to ever do it. Yeah, one of them for sure. Yeah. Like, literally, 99.9% of coaches would have been like... Dude, if you're on a wheelchair, I'll trot exactly. you out there. Oh, yeah, I don't, do I don't give a shit. Just literally right. get on the ice, but I'll yank you. Yeah, if your leg is broken, him. I don't care. You're dressing. Your skates yeah. are going to touch that ice for two seconds, and you're coming off, and I don't give a shit if you go to the room, you're getting a 1,500. Like a healthy running back two yards from the all-time rushing record. Right. Like, nah, you ain't playing tonight. Nah. Like, dude, yeah. buddy. Dude, we could, we could do this all day. We God, get, I would love to yeah. do it all day, honestly. You're coming back. You're coming back. We need a 12-second series with the Let's go to the emergency nine. I don't know if you've seen our show at all before. yeah how do you, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. have the, we're yeah, do it again go for we'll do it again hours right, you, with you. You, you and me start how are we doing go this? ahead all right i'll start it we do this with everyone i don't know if you've watched it movie being made about the life of mike commodore who do you want to play you go ahead and get you a little little juice any act a little thinking juice in your brain oh man do you have one i oh, i got one i think it's nails honestly Ooh, i'm interested to hear who you have it's hard for you it's hard for da there's no big monster dudes that can it's, whoop ass that are in Hollywood. But. Big, goofy, red-headed actors. Yeah. Not many come up. You ain't <laughs> you're no, one of true. one. <laughs> I was, oh, I was going to, two came to mind. Uh, Hugh Jackman, but that's not even close. And I was going to go He's Will tough, Ferrell. But he, that's my Will, Will Ferrell from Semi-Pro. He's already got the fro. Jackie Moon. Let's that's go. That's a pretty good Champ, one. That's a, and he's funny. It's like, you're funny. I've got Damian Lewis, who's the actor from Billions. And, um. The redhead guy. Maybe oh, yeah, yeah. The redhead, redhead dude guy. in Billions. Yeah. I'm going to have to see it. You got to watch oh, Billions. If you know. uh, That's the only thing I know Homeland. Have you seen Homeland? Yeah, he's the... Uh, I know what you're talking he about. He was yeah. the main dude, like, first few seasons before. Was he in yeah. Band of Brothers? 
I don't know. Yes, he was. Now I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got it uh-huh. now. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to find. <laughs> there ain't many of yeah. you out there, bud. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's we, true. Test our yeah, producer they don't get jobs. Yeah. This one's going to require you to put your thinking cap on oh, a little bit, shit. okay? Okay. I know you made a couple trips to Hawaii to play golf. First uh-huh. off, does the golf ball go further in Hawaii? No. Okay. Okay. Well, Good. there's rumor going right. around that you once hit a lob wedge from 188 yards and you flushed it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it might have come up 100 yards short. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that probably came from Mr. Max Homa. I was sitting around. I mean, I go through stretches of really bad golf, and this was terrible. In my defense, which isn't any defense, I had a reunion in North Dakota. Joe put this little thing together in Maui. I went right from this thing, had my club straight to Maui, which is an excuse. I got in there. I'm like, just as Justin Thomas was winning the playoff, and I'm like, God, I hope these guys aren't home because I need to go to fucking bed. (laughs) Walk in, they're all boozing. I'm like, oh my god! So I had to rally. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my I'm god, like, I have to. oh my god! I was hoping they'd be at a bar so I could just ignore their text messages. And it was go out, we play golf the next day, just hitting it. I actually chipped it and put it good, thank God. But just hitting it like a true asshole. And finally, I'm riding with Ben Marsh. And I'm not even. He, I'm like, how far out? He's like, 88. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. I'm like, nah, that's a lob wedge. <laughs> I like kind of look at it, and I, I'm like, man, it's a little uphill. I'm like, oh, I'll just have to step on it a little bit. <laughs> I flush this thing right at the flag. It's nice and high. I'm like, oh man, I got that. I'm like sitting there posing. I'm I heard like, you yeah. said finally out loud. Finally, finally. yeah, yeah finally, like, finally, it's right at it. And then it lands at the bottom of the hill. It was fucking 188 yards. <laughs> Need to hit like a full six iron. I love least. that you couldn't look and be yeah, like, dude, oh. how, how in one do you got to be to oh, confuse man. 88 with one? That's bad caddying. That's not on. That's yeah, not I on was going to say, Marsh has got a better job. Who's the worst caddy, Ben Marsh or Joe Scovern? I was going to ask that, but I decided just. Yeah, I think. I when think my guy is in one, you got to spell, you can't abbreviate shit. Yeah. 88, a lot of guys will know that means 188. Yeah, but when you're Tommy and he's coming off a bender, you might have to write it down for him. Yeah, you might have to write it down. 88 tattoo it hand. on your face <laughs> oh, I, love it. I did all flush right. that way all right though. next one i did flush that way so. <laughs> just another lob wedge after that yeah yeah, yeah so just two I lob wedges that one i think a knife triple way yeah. to go marsh x all right next one one of the this is a multiple choicer okay one of the following former nhl hockey players described your style of play as the following he skates around like a chicken with his fucking head cut off okay the That's options so are harsh i know i, I, I didn't want to <laughs> Okay, but what it's are all options? love. It's all all right. Okay, Mike Madonna, A, B, Ray Whitney, three, Brendan Morrow. Ooh. Yeah, dude, wow, some three legends former too. Dallas stars too. God, damn. three heroes. I don't think Ray I think would it's a say that about though. me. I'll help you. Ray would I'll, never say that. No, about it wasn't Ray. I will. The Wiz would never say that about you. Morrow or Madano? I'll go with Morrow. Mm. The correct answer is A, Mike Madonna. Mike Madonna, I'm yeah. And you just defended, defending this goddamn guy. Yeah, no, I'm just sitting right. the, I've been it. defending Strip him it. for five years. We'll edit all this shit. Go oh, ahead and bash him now. He deserved that. Phone call. <laughs> he deserved that scratch. Oh, I love it. Should have scratched uh, him more. Okay. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah. He right. deserved it. Number four. We'll go back to the golf real quick. Which PGA Tour player do you think most closely resembles your golf swing? Hmm. Who's got the worst swing on tour? <laughs> well, from what I saw the other day, you got a little Hideki going on. Yeah, I've been called. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell us about that, man. It just happened. Dude, just, I'm not, it literally looks like your TV freezes at the top. You woke up one day and you got the pause now. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying not to have a full collapse up top. That's what I got. I mean, I got other things going on. I'm sure, 
So I'm trying to like in my head bring it back, nice you know tempo, all this shit, and I'm <laughs> trying to bring it back, and then I'm supposed to load it and go. Except when I bring it back, sometimes it feels all fucked up, or maybe it's in a good spot, but it's I'm not used to. It's usually in my it's shitty normally spot. in a worse spot. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm like loading it, loading it, and I go to go, and yeah, now it's Mike Your Matsuyama. Your lips start sh- shaking. Oh my god, dude! All hell breaks loose. Just lips. hit it, and I'm just like, oh my god. So yeah, Mike Matsuyama. Mike Matsuyama. <laughs> you got the tricks on you. You just woke yeah, up yeah, with it one day, huh? Just woke oh, up crazy. and like, now yeah. I got a pause. I didn't have it today. I don't think. No, but okay. it can come back. Maybe at any it's time. hit or miss. Yeah. I'm in a rough place right now. You'll be fine. Sorry, you're, you'll be you're, you're, you're the triple champ, bud. Champ, yeah, champ. I'll figure it out. Just nothing, keep it Your golf balls. game will be fine. All right, next question. Softer group of athletes collectively: PGA players, NBA players, MLB players. Who's the softest? NBA. Yeah. I figured that's. What I don't know high. if there was a correct answer to that. Well, question. no, They're I think it's, it's very subjective. You can go with anything, but I feel like hockey guys collectively bang on NBA guys when they win the when they win the title. They're all wearing goggles uh, and stuff. When you guys win, you're, uh, you're just drinking it, just shooting it into your veins. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a like. I like basketball. I like college basketball. That NBA. I'll tell you what. I've had it with that. I'm out. <laughs> those guys are soft, and think- some of their comments are just. Man, the money those guys make too. Oh, God, dude, two hundred twenty-eight million. You get twenty million a year right now if you can five dribble years? and chew gum. It's they're just handing them out. You might want to make a run at that. Ray texts me after the NBA playoffs last year. He goes, "You know any of those pussies? You tell them we don't we don't wear goggles when we spray champagne. I know, it's the goggles, so lame. Yep. the goggles drive the NHL guys crazy. Crazy, like. yeah. yeah. Nobody, I mean, you're not wearing. You'd goggles. rather be caught wearing a skirt than wearing some goggles, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Wearing yeah. those Oakley like snowboarding goggles. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get over it, me? dude. Like, get into it here a little You're a bit. champion. That's what tri- triple champs get yeah. that. All right, next question. Goggles off. Okay, you had some legendary battles with Colton Orr. I don't know how many of them went your way. The early ones did, and <laughs> it went sideways, okay. yeah. But also after <laughs> hockey, you took a you took a real job mm-hmm. where you had to deal with a little bit of, you know, real business, computers, stuff like that. Oh, fuck. So what hurts, what hurts your head more? <laughs> A punch from Colton Orr or Microsoft Excel? Microsoft Excel. It's not even close. <laughs> I would and pay I'll tell you what, money Colton to Orr watch has you. rocked me a couple of times, and that does not feel good. But I would rather take my chances with a good flurry of rights or lefts, whatever he wants to throw from Colton Orr, than with that fucking Microsoft Excel. <laughs> when, what I job have, were you doing where you needed to learn Microsoft Excel? I, I would pay good money to sit oh, there and watch dude, Mike Commodore learn painful. Microsoft Excel. I never had a computer in college. <laughs> I was the director of sales and marketing for a telecom construction company. Oh, and you don't wow. know how to so I had computer. to do quotes. <laughs> like, oh, and I mean, God. this shit was fucking painful. I would the other, pay The guys working that. in the field come in, and I'm like, I'm ready to smash this fucking thing. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't figure out how to get that number into Over here, here. And then it adds up all wrong, or it goes X, you know? Like, I, oh, I got yeah. I'm doing this right, and then you get some All the formula. little pound signs. Oh, oh, so good. And then boss come on, oh, just hit this. I'm like, what? Which of these two most accurately describes Mike Commodore the person? Lovable giant or international sex icon? <laughs> well, I know what I'd like to say. Yeah, it's your question. Yeah, I would have to say lovable giant. As oh. much as I would like to be an international sex icon. The fro and the robe, you don't think that moved Well, you back up? in the day? Yeah, dude. I mean, I Just should. Just your legacy. I mean, I could. Oh, my legacy? Your legacy, yeah. 
Yeah, I had a little something going on there for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I could still grow back, too, if I had to. I don't know why I'm, you don't. I don't know why you don't. You put no, a visor this, on that with this, all the flow. This high and tight shit ain't working. Mm. I mean, yeah, you still I'm look good, the, but thank you. I appreciate you're different that. with that flow. I, don't so know. I, I need to back, or back it up to the glory days a little bit. Yeah. Back Relive that a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Back on the market. I'm single. Get after it. It's time to get after it around here. Get in one, bud. All right. Number eight. A lot of athletes struggle once they retire from their sport, finding something to keep them occupied. Sure. You transitioned very easily. You took a job with Uber. Mm-hmm. Okay, first off, tell us, how the hell did this happen? Okay. And second, what's the best and worst part of the job? Okay. How it happened was I joined Whisperock, uh, freshly retired. For the first time in my life, I had, nobody, I had nowhere to be, and nobody gave a shit what I was doing. Like literally nobody. So I go up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go play some golf. So I was literally at the golf course every single day. So I didn't know a whole lot of people around here. So I'm at the golf course every single day and be like a Tuesday. Be like, wow, somebody would be playing. Hey, you want a drink? Be like, I got nothing to do. Yeah, yeah sure. what the hell? Yep. Sure so did. for about six weeks there, I mean, it would be fair to say that I was loaded for a good, good portion of it. And after six weeks, I was back at my place and I'm like holy fuck I'm like I feel terrible I had some bullshit membership at some gym lifetime fitness I walked in there twice and hadn't even touched anything I'm like I'm going to the golf course and I sat there and I'm like this is going down the wrong road I'm like I need to clean this up right now so I was looking for something to do I was single and I'm like well I need something to do I don't want to sit at home I want to be out but what can I do that gets me out of the house, but that keeps me out of the bars? So I was like, why don't I drive for Uber? I can't drink. If I drink, I'm going to end up in a tent and end up in jail. But I still get out. I can still meet people and do some things like that. So that's how I ended up getting How long did you do it for? I think I did it about four or five evenings. I tried to do like four, the, five, four or five evenings. That's not a career. I thought, it went for I a thought you while. went for way longer. Well, it was I like you were 70 doing it for months, a couple no, months. No, oh, no, no, no. Just, just a few nights. 70 or 80 rides was enough. I figured it out. I tried to do like happy hours. I'm like, I'm not working the graveyard ship. Like the last thing yeah, I wanted was having like four drunk hammered mm-hmm. dudes in my car oh. giving it to me and like that's it. Did, they, did anyone that's... got in there know who you were? Uh, that you could kill them in 10 seconds if need be? No, nobody, nobody knew who I was. I had a couple. I ended up picking up. I was. I touched on Doug Waite earlier. Yeah. I went and picked up. So I was got a request. So well, and to finish off that, I'm single. So I'm like, well, I'd like to meet some girls too. So like for a while, when I joined Uber, it'd be like so when the phone would buzz, it would, <laughs> you would just have how long away the pickup was. So if it was like five minutes, ten minutes to go get them, then you accept the ride, and then it'd be a name. So for when I first started, I'd be like, okay, accept the ride. Oh, Jimmy? I'm like, fuck Jimmy. <laughs> Ignore. But you can only do that like three or four times in a row. Priscilla, and then, I'm on the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, Susie, here I come. <laughs> but if you if you hit ignore oh, like shit. three or four times in a row, your account gets suspended. So you can't oh, drive you can't for like You can't just ignore minutes. everyone. So I'm like, God, yeah, you can't just pick and choose. So I'd have Susie. to drive around. So Susie. I went. Here I come. Oh, here I got your chariot. <laughs> and so the couple times that I had, I'd say the funniest oh, ones were God. probably I went to pick up uh, a group of people in the Paradise Valley. 
And so, like, you know, they have the two-minute thing where you can leave after. I'm like, man, I got nothing to do, whatever. So go there, sit there. I sit outside for five, ten minutes or whatever. And it ended up being a group of, uh, it would be teenagers. It was like, I think there was too many people, to be honest. But I'm like, whatever, get in. It was just taking them down the street. And a young girl got in the car. And she's like, oh, she's like, you know, hey, Mike, this, and I forget what her name is. And she's like, well, what are you doing this? And uh, anyways, somehow it ended up, I'm like, well, I'm like, yeah, I kind of doing this on the side. I used to play ice hockey. She's like, oh, my uncle plays ice hockey. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, who's that? He's like, Doug Waite. And I played with Doug. I won a Stanley Cup with Doug. (laughs) I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, well, next time you talk to Doug, why don't you tell him Mike Commodore picked you up? And she's kind of confused, yeah, yeah. right? She has no clue. Yeah. And she's like, well, what? I'm like, I want a Stanley Cup with your uncle. She's like, no way. I'm like, call him. So I called Doug, but the, he was coaching the Islanders then. He didn't <laughs> answer the phone because he was literally on the bench. And then the other time I would say was kind of funny <laughs> was I picked up like these four people, three people. They were going for groceries. And then I picked them up. They were from Columbus, Ohio, where I played in Columbus for three years. And so same kind of thing, just bullshit. And like, I was a good driver. If nobody wanted to talk, I didn't say anything. If they wanted bullshit, I'd bullshit. It's the right way. Yeah. And uh, they were, I'm like, oh, where are you guys from? Columbus. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to live in Columbus. They're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, well, what'd you do there? And I'm like, well, I actually played ice hockey there. And they're like, oh, for who? I'm like, well, the Blue Jackets? And I could see them in the rearview mirror, the two people. They're like looking at each other like, yeah, our Uber driver <laughs> yeah. thinks he plays in the league. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, yeah, they're trying not to laugh. Let's and I can out. see it in the rearview mirror. He's on crack. And they're like, oh, so you know Rick Nash? I'm like, yeah, I actually know Rick Nash very well. And they started going through the lineup. I'm like, look, I could do this all day or you could just Google my fucking name. I'm not lying to you here. <laughs> and we had a good laugh. I took him to Safeway, hung outside and took him home. Do you get any good tips? Oh, it's so good, dude. Are people cheap these days? What was your yeah. rating? My rating was pretty high. Were you five? If someone gave you a two, were you going to pull their sweater over their head and (laughs) break their face? Yeah. A three? I think I was like a 4.8 or nine. That's solid. Yeah, Yeah. it was solid. Uh, Lovable giant. Yeah, of course. It was all all right. My last ride, the one that was like, okay, that's that's enough, was I did it on Halloween, which was stupid. (sighs) Stupid. But I thought I did it early enough where I would avoid the – people being really, really wasted. And so I was filling up on Frank Lloyd Wright and phone buzzed. I'm like, ah, what the hell? One more. Some Last dude named rock. Phil. I'm like, all Some right, I'll, it's only like three minutes away. I'll go pick fucking Phil up. So I pull into his neighborhood. I sit outside there. He comes out. He's hammered. I'm like, hey, man. I'm, he's like, I will be right out. I go, yeah, sounds good. Take your time. So he comes out. It ended up being two couples, and the two guys have a girl between them. I mean, it's like when they haul somebody off the football field after they just got like a major concussion. Oh boy. I mean, this this girl can't walk. Like she's out of it. And so coming up to the car, I'm like, okay, it's time to put my foot down. So Phil's having a real good time here. <laughs> it ain't his girlfriend that's passed out, it's the other guys, and he thinks this is funny. He gets into the front seat. He's like, Ah oh, yeah, we'll put her in the middle. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't puke in your car. I'm like, Hey, Phil, I'm gonna make this real, real simple for you. I go, I'm not holding her responsible. I'm holding you responsible. If this girl pukes in my car, I'm going to pull you outside and kick the shit out of you. (laughs) And he looks at me. I go, Phil, I'm not fucking around here. And he goes, okay. And I, so she gets in. Finally, they get into the car. So the guy's in the front. The two girls are in the back. The wasted girl's in the middle. 
literally the doors close. She starts screaming, I'm going to piss my pants. I'm like, Phil. Phil's like, I'm on Phil, this. Your face, Phil, dude. It's about to be a rips her out of the I'm car. I'm going to race your she whole face. Pees right in the middle of the street. No. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's like seven o'clock at night here. Oh. I'm like, Jesus Christ. They get back in the car. The door is closed. She starts screaming about her dad mistreating her. I'm like, Oh my god! It was like a four-minute like uh, drive or four-mile yeah. drive. I fucking floored it. I'm like Phil, and she started yelling. I'm like Phil, about puking again. Yeah. And Phil's like, "I'm on it, I'm on it." And pulled in, got her out of the car. Phil's like, "I'm like, good job, Phil." I gave him knuckles, and that was it. That was that the last. Word I'm a goddamn Stanley Cup it. champion. I don't it. need to worry about Phil's friend's girlfriend <laughs> pissing in my I'm pissing all over my Phil. seat. <laughs> I got a. <laughs> Oh my God, uh, that is too good. Uh, that was oh it. my God. Uh, that was right. it for me. I don't want it to end. What else? I don't, I don't want it to end. end. We only got oh, one more. I don't want it to stop. All right, last question. Right, last, okay. last question. We should it's just good. do I'm out of two hours of Uber with Kami. Yeah. The, the best show to ever oh, be on man. the internet. Never got laid Oh, doing this either. fucking <laughs> Phil. <laughs> I'm crying. Phil. I'll never forget Phil. He came through. I got to hand it to him. Phil ended your career, dude. Like Babcock. Phil, Phil is kind of Phil Babcock. And Bab, he's your Uber Babcock. I'll tell you what, Phil treated with me a lot more respect than Bab. Yeah, he had your, he, you had yeah. his attention. Oh, yeah. Hey, Phil, Phil, Phil I'm holding. Phil was in one, and one little threat, Phil he got <laughs> his eyes straightened out. He's like, oh, shit. Okay. And he got right, it together. Shit, Do good. not got puke her. in this right, car. Go to number nine. All right, last question. All right. Oh, God. I feel like we should end there, but whatever. All right. All right, last question. You can either have $200,000 cash money in your pocket right now. Okay. Or you get to kick Mike Babcock in the nuts as hard as you can. What do you take? Oh, I kick Babs in the nuts. Yeah, dude. That's the right 100%. answer. 200 thou is temporary kick in the nuts. Uh, Nut shots forever. Oh, God. Forever. You forever. Spend the grand, that, that, You'll blow through that. I'll blow that's through that. That's a couple nights hurry. of Uber, dude. Who cares? Oh, that's <laughs> a couple puke fees. That's a couple oh. of weekends at Whisper Rock right there with some buddies. Yeah, no. I kick Babs in the balls for sure. Awesome. What a way That's to end. What I, I would you'd prefer say. to do that right after I just knocked him right out. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I wouldn't kick him in the balls first if it was up no, to No, drag it out. Oh, I'd like to just string him out and feed him his fucking lunch. <laughs> and then when he's down on the ground, then I'd like to kick him in the balls. Oh, just my God. Like, well, ladies, I believe it, yeah. and I love you. Ladies and best. gentlemen, the one, the only, Mike Commodore. That was an absolute blast, my yes, man. Thank you so much. The triple champ. <laughs> oh god what a time well slays i think it's safe to say we want mike commodore to come back and sit in the chair again. oh my god we might be we could probably work his face right in the middle of this logo right here if he'd be up for it. that dude is as entertaining as it possibly gets dude the babcock stories we'd known about it. i think a lot of the world knows about it if you follow him on twitter but actually getting the the reason why he hates him i'm on board dude i would hate the guy i think i'm actually now absolutely on the same same team as Kami. Forget that guy for doing what he did to Kami. Absolutely blackballed our guy out of the league. Yeah, and Mike Madonna. I mean, the, what That's he did to brutal, Mike Madonna was dude. absolutely brutal. But um, Kami, what a beauty. I mean, the Babcock stories are legendary. How about the trip going over to the British Open and walking with Ricky, thinking, he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to witness Ricky win in the British Open, and I'm going to be at all these majors from now on. He put no. the voodoo hex on him. Yep. The one Dub thing that can slow Rick down. Double fist and Double fist and Kami on the tee. What a legend. And by the way, I mean, how do you just – is there anything better than having Mike Commodore pick you up in an Uber? That's, I mean, I think we could have done an hour and a half just on Uber stories. We only got into a handful of them there, and they were tens. But yeah, Kami picking you up in the Uber. I think he was driving an Escalade or something mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah, he's like, what is? And then he tells you, I used to play pro hockey. Okay, but yeah, yeah, sure yeah good did. one. Yeah, you must not have made yeah, very I used much to be money. in the league. Yeah. yeah, but how about if you're that guy, Phil? 
and you request an Uber from now on, it never pops up. Mike is picking you up. Nope, cancel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not doing that. Nope, don't want it. Oh, man, but we can't thank Kami enough. We are going to have him back because, trust me, there are more stories. I was out with him the other night. He told a couple more about playing in the AHL, and I, once again, was crying laughing at the bar. I think we need an entire, like, podcast series. with like, six, and we release them, like, a Netflix just with Kami where he just tells a couple stories each time. I mean, the guy's a like, 10. That was so fun having him in there, and, and we will absolutely have him back. Yes, we will. Can't thank him enough, and we are going to do it again. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know we did, as you could tell, as we were laughing for the whole hour of this, <laughs> of this show. But that's going to do it for us this week. We'll talk to you all next week's Golf Subpar. Bar.